Yeah, that's great, except he doesn't live here. No, he was saying that he's got <laughs> some Tuesdays. Like he has to work down here on some random Tuesdays. Remember, is that what he, he said? He said that. Yeah, yeah. he said something. He said, blah, 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 I'm Chris Black, blah, blah, blah. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, yeah. So He can't do Saturday because they do their podcast every Saturday. Okay. Yeah. The, sl- the slam cast is... They want me on. Yeah. Well, actually, the DJ guy wants me on. I think the other guys don't really have much use for it. <laughs> I wasn't invited. I think the DJ likes me because I... Easy to work with, because otherwise, I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there when they're ring announcing that sets up the DJ as well as I do. When last we left you, Sabrina was in the hospital. Yeah, she's fine. Baby's cool. Other than the fact that the baby's gonna have Sabrina for a mom, I think we're recording right now. Does she listen? (laughs) Fuck no. Nobody in my family listens. Does Jason listen? Would he react? I. I think he'd enjoy the show if he listened. But if he heard you, would he ever say anything? I talked about he just t- he's, t- he's <laughs> talk. I mean, what? I went to his baby shower. Didn't he, hear a thing. You know how long this last year's WrestleMania was, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. We were in a room with him for the entirety of it. He said like four words. And the really? Real Flair documentary. And, yeah, that was another time. <laughs> Maybe he's intimidated by you. What? I doubt it. <laughs> Maybe he thought you were Sunny Beach. No. <laughs> Nobody ever has been intimidated. By <laughs> All right, Scotty, give us a, a sweet intro. All right. When, by the way, when are we getting Sierra and Tyler? Oh, on the Jesus show? Christ! Did you? I told you about how he announced me at the last show, right? Oh yeah. And would we get them on together and do like a double show, or would we do them? Would that kill his gimmick? Everybody kills their gimmick on this show. And welcome, welcome, welcome into Gravel Talk, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us. Well, this week in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle, we are sitting down with Greg Ganya, the son of Vern Ganya. We're sitting down with Larry the Axe Henning. We're sitting down in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle with Rhino and Darren Corbin. Zach Gowan. We're sitting down with Dick Justice. You're listening to Gravel Talk, keeping you up to date on the Midwestern independent wrestling. And we are live! day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page and love and tradition of the grand design some people say it's even harder to find well then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle Hey, good evening, everybody. I don't know if you're hearing this show because the office doesn't post shit, but it is the Ross Family Matters podcast, um, probably, hopefully airing sometime in March. Um, hope everybody's doing what well. What episode number? Uh, I forget now because I usually look to see what's airing online and, well, we're behind. But uh, I know we're in the 40s and I know we're in the dead middle of winter here as we tape this. Anyway, Hot Shot Scott Williams alongside Jack Spade, Vic Ross, and our very special guest, Mikey Wild. Boy! Mike, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Not too shabby. How about yourselves? Hey, we made we all made it here in a snowstorm, so we're either dedicated or stupid. He actually ahoyed more than the three times we had a pirate on That's the show. right. <laughs> That's right. And we did have a pirate on We did. I was going to say, I'm going to take issue with how many times you guys are having pirates on the show, <laughs> yet I am not just now getting an invite. Same pirate, 
multiple appearances. Okay. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's he's a semi regular. He's like uh, who was Johnny Carson? Who's a regular? Like Bob Uecker was a regular. Rich yeah. Little, Rodney, yeah. Rodney yeah, right, Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah, so he's kind of our Rodney Dangerfield. Okay, <laughs> but less funny. Yeah, much way less. Funny. less funny. Yeah. yeah, Dangerfield was a gem. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about. We're gonna get to know our guest here in a second. And then we're going to dig into the hat. I did want to say, though, when this episode airs, or when we recorded, I'm sorry, not when it airs, uh, we're fresh off of the passing of, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it last we week. We did. We talked Well, about we it. were at the funeral. I went to accept the funeral. How was it? I was there for about an hour, and I saw Mike Thompson. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have any good conversation there? He wants me to come to this karaoke thing. Oh, so good. In the event with. there's anyone just tuning in for the first time, do we want to talk about whose funeral it might have been? If they're tuning for the first time, I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, our our good friend Will Powell passed away. Silky Fine, uh, Juicy Johnny. Yep. Uh, but anyway, I was there for the first hour when Frank and Armani showed up together. It was my my cue to bail. Let me ask you a question: Is that their gimmick now? Felix <laughs> and Oscar go to fucking funeral. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. But I we had to be up in Watoma, so like I said, we talked to JP. Okay. Um, trying to still get him on the show, but anyway, so that that happened. Pedro Morales died today too. By the way, so is that a fact? I yeah. didn't hear that. Seventy six, I believe. Yeah, it's a good life. It's you don't a good run, especially never, for a pro wrestler. That's yeah. a good run. I never understood how Pedro Morales went from world champion, tag team champion, intercontinental champion, this Grand Slam for the time winner, and then by the time I was. Watching wrestling. I know what you're going to say. He was say. doing jobs. I know what you're going to say. He was getting say. beat by, like, fucking Outback Jack and the Conquistador. In fairness, though, well, there's three things at play. One, Vince Jr. wanted to strip away all the, the Vince Sr. guys, right? Yeah. But two, it does make sense because he was pushing 50 in some of those matches. He was in his 40s. He should have, he really should have declined, right? I mean, and when he was in tag matches... He actually had to shine, and his partner usually did the job. All right, let me rephrase that. It's strange to me that he stayed in that role. Sure. Because I bet you if he went to, and I'm not saying this because he's Puerto Rican, but Puerto Rico, he would have probably been able to be closer to the top of the car. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. As, I mean, as long as he stayed out of the shower with Invader. Oh, God. <laughs> what about the NWA? What would have happened if he would have went to the NWA? They would have mismanaged the way. Well, Crockett would have done something with him, but once Crockett sold out, they wouldn't know what to I don't, do with him. I don't know that his act plays well in the Carolinas. Yeah. I don't think it really does. Yeah. Like it, he, he got over big in New York because there's a heavy Puerto Rican population. Same Just with like Bruno. Right? Bruno, Bruno with the Italians. Yeah. I think he would have been lauded as a fairly big star coming into the NWA, but then would have quickly gone down to... I, I, fe- I feel like he would have somehow it. ended up partnering up with Jimmy Valiant, oh. which would have been... <laughs> the promos would have been money. Yeah. <laughs> well, because before that, in, in fairness, like two years prior to that, Jimmy Valiant was, was part of his entourage was Thunderbolt Patterson. Because they didn't know what to do with Thunderbolt. Oh, stick on with Jimmy Valiant. Gross. But they what did are, with everybody. They what are some of the racial stereotype characters that were in the WWF in the olden days that didn't make it big? Well, didn't you didn't say. did not uh, make it big. I mean, yeah. you had Fuji, you had the Japanese, you had Russians. Because oh, yeah. Ivan Koloff had a nice run in the WWE. But those are all make it big. He said the ones that didn't. The one know. that was just towing the line of racism, and they're like, "No, this is too much for us." <laughs> We're talking. Old, are we talking old like Vince Senior WWE? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Because everybody was 
That was the gimmick. It was, Everybody it was, was a racial and stereotype. Everyone was at the forefront of. Mm. Yeah, who didn't make it big? I mean, Putski had a Shecky Moyle. <laughs> I don't remember him. <laughs> Did they have a Jewish character? I don't know. But I, you would assume, right? Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think the closest thing I know to a Jewish character was Angelo Poffo as the miser. Yeah, but that was a, not a good idea. I have seen a Walmart dollar store bin DVDs of the Mighty Maccabee. Yes. I own it. Versus, uh, <laughs> I own the it. Sheep, yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, and you know who we're forgetting? We're forgetting Barry Horowitz. Oh, duh. Oh, I, but, but he was. He wasn't a senior. In, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he was in Florida to start, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> he actually had a pretty good. I think he was a Florida champ before. Vince Jr. decided to make him. What He's he an was. incredibly underrated worker. Saba, sure. What, what about Saba Simba? Again, oh, that was God. Vince Jr. That's and that was terrible, tumultuous. <laughs> I mean, how do you? Well, okay. So since we're talking about that, the, the one thing that used to annoy me about Vince Jr. was Harley Race comes in. We everybody knows who Harley Race is. He refers to Harley Race, who was probably in his fifties at the time, as a rookie. Yeah. Like we're supposed to believe that this guy with gray hair. Is a rookie. And Tony Atlas wrestled for his dad, and now he's Saba Simba. We've right. never seen him before. And we're supposed to just be okay with that. Especially when Tony Atlas had such a good built-in gimmick about, you know, feet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got sidetracked. So, <laughs> our guest, Mikey Wild, I want you to tell me, first of all, what made you decide that wrestling was what you wanted to do? Uh, I started ra- watching wrestling probably since I, I came out of the womb. My mother is a huge wrestling fan, um, Carrie Von Erich fan, okay. uh, Von Erichs. My papa as well, uh, very big fan. He was kind of the one who would take her. Um, are you from the area? Where are you from originally? Oh, I grew I was born and grew up in Waukegan for a brief time. Okay. <clears throat> um, and then I've just been kind of all over the place since then. But for the most part, I've been in the Lake County area, but... You know, down in Chicago, down in Cook, down over to McHenry County, and then uh, up into Wisconsin not terribly long ago once we bought a house because t- property taxes are a lot cheaper right over the border. Oh, yeah. But um, no offense, Wisconsin, you're still not very cool. So Chicago Whoa. is where I... <laughs> so here's the, I love Milwaukee because it gives you that fine of, like, this is clearly a city and it's bigger than most, but it's also not, like, it's not overwhelming to the point that you're like, I'm, I don't know what to do here. Whereas in Chicago, like Chicago, like Chicago, LA, New York are my bread and butter because I I'm okay with it. But there are a lot of people just I can't do this. This is overwhelming. There's too much. Sure. I don't know where it's going. What's going on? I just on. don't want to pay nine dollars for a single beer. Hey, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Is, right. is, you, it, is it true that Chicago is the murder capital where they murder for capital? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, I don't. I I've always enjoyed my time in Chicago. I think obviously the taxation thing is a problem. Oh, no doubt. By no stretch of the imagination am I talking about anything other than aesthetics and comfortability. Yeah, of course. Um, and in Wisconsin, Wisconsin has, and as does Southern Illinois, has so much wilderness and much to experience. But I can do those things for like two or three days at a time, and then I need sidewalks and cities again. Of course. And Milwaukee is that perfect juxtaposition between the city and the country, and it kind of, kind of blends together rather well. See, I'm with you there because I've had this debate with my family, and they love, you know, as being out as far as you can be. I'm like, no, I need to be near stuff. Yeah. Like, I need to be... I remember my mom, when she moved out to Muskego, and I stayed behind here and lived with my grandma because I was already in high school, and out there, everything closed at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, 
what? This is ridiculous. Like, you might as well just roll up whatever sidewalk you have and put it away for the night. It was right. I'm a big fan so. of leisure to where if I need something, like, especially if my hours are just wacky to begin with. It's 3.30 in the morning. Like, I realize, oh, shit, I do need batteries for this or something. I can just go get it taken care of and yeah, right absolutely. back at it. But I also like that ability to walk there without being sodomized well, yeah. with an acorn on the way. <laughs> I don't mean to break it to you. We got Walgreens, baby. We can get you your bad <laughs> I, was saying, I, I thought you were going to break it to me like, hey, the blow-off of the podcast is we will sodomize Surprise. So you grew up a fan. Yes, you decided yes, yes. you wanted to wrestle. I, how did you go about finding a place? to And, and, and how, who did you first hook up with that got you involved in the, the aspects of becoming a pro wrestler? I appreciate you getting this back on track because I will digress multiple times. Oh, that's what we will do. We will do. We will do. Um, So, uh, of course, huge fan growing up. Um, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior were my thing growing up. And then obviously as I got a little older, I realized as much as I do love them and the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, not Terry Bollea and Jim Helwig, um, as I do have a WrestleMania 6 tattoo, it's a Ultimate Warrior Care Bear riding a Hulk Hogan unicorn surfing. Oh, my. Yeah, that's nice. And again, keep in mind, I do not drink or do drugs, so this is right off the old sober dome right there. All right. <laughs> um, uh, girls happen. You know, when you get into high school, girls happen. People start to kind of like, that wrestling bullshit. Because uh, it was right after that attitude era where you started getting into high school and people were kind of like, okay, you love wrestling. Like, you're the guy that wears wrestling shirts all the time. Um, so it kind of started to fall out, not as a conscious effort of like, well, I don't want to distance from myself from it. It was just <clears throat> getting involved in other things, different sports, yeah. stuff along those lines. Um, and it wasn't until I graduated. I was 19. My buddy was working at a gas station. And uh, it was on my birthday. And we had all got, a bunch of us had gotten together. Um, just seeing where the night took us, no big deal. But we stopped in because he was unable to make it. He was working at the gas station. There happened to be a, fly, a flyer there for this POW show. Now, coincidentally, it was the first POW show I ever ran because it was CCW. And then oh, changed the name okay. to POW and kind of had a rebranding of the company. So that was my, I had no idea that wrestling was even in the area. I mean, growing up, you're so used to seeing it on television that you kind of think it's this big grandiose thing. You don't realize that there are actual places that you could go and enjoy it. That so, close, right? I'm oh, no, yeah. It was, it was honestly, I think, within a 15-minute shot, <clears throat> tops. So then I, I did go to the, that show. had an absolutely wonderful time. Um, after the show, I had asked Jimmy Blaze, who's the owner of POW, how I can go about training. And that. He, kind of, he invited me to do a fantasy camp, see if this is really the thing you wanted to do. It's like, that's adorable, but no. So I just I signed up the next day and... Nice. Since so, oh, it's two thousand yeah two thousand seven March third, two thousand seven March third was when I first started. So it's coming up close on t- 12, twelve years. Yeah, now, yeah. So Jimmy, what, did he? I mean, obviously, every I feel like everybody who gets trained nowadays, you have your trainer, but then you you glean from <laughs> other people, right? But oh, no question. But was he like the guy who who at, at least initially started your training as you? Um, during that time, we were running four or five days. In terms of uh, training, so he, I believe he had two of the days, but he was instrumental in um, what was being ran, what days, why it was being done, because we had a system as... Who was running the other two? uh, Rough Crossing um, and Scott Spade, and then that that later changed to Kanoa um, and Chris Cairo. 
Um, and then once... Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> and then once Rough Crossing had um, had left the company, I was given his spot to start training. So Jimmy's instrumental in leading the process, but it's really difficult for me to just say, like, no, this person trained me, that person trained me, because really it's an amalgamation of everyone working together, because I have Kanoa, who'd be the one who's watching... You know, the ROH in the New Japan with me. Scott Spade, who's going to watch the Bruiser Brodies of the world, the old stuff with me. Um, we have Trevor Blanchard, who's going to watch the old tag team stuff with me. Sure. So can, and tag team's my foray. That's what I prefer. Um, but it's really so hard to find someone you click with and that you mesh with and your schedules add up and things like that. Um, so there's just so many from different people who would teach you and you would but in the in the ring, it was those three gentlemen: the Crossing Spade and Jimmy, who I really got started with, and got me to where I was. They got me the you know your basic math skills before you start going to your long divisions, your algebras, things of that nature. Right. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, do you remember? I'm sure you do. This is a dumb question. Everybody <laughs> does. Your first match, who was it? No. Where was it? Don't remember. Really? No, I absolutely do. <laughs> I, it was um, in August of 2000. I said seven, right? Yeah. My memory is just rubbish. 2007. Um, it was myself and Matt Mayhem as Wild Mayhem. Wow. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hmm? How right? That seems to be a recurring theme throughout your career. Yeah. <laughs> They're... Uh, they're, that's why at some tag teams I end up being called a different name because it was like I need something that's like they would you would hear the name and go why 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 are they called that it doesn't matter we're not we don't need to be the wild mayhems or this whoever the fucks I'm gonna introduce you Uncle to my friend Barry Bunch <laughs> oh god <laughs> dude, I kid you not before before I started wrestling there was a dude by the name of Randy Joker J and sure enough it was going to be Joker's Wild and it's like oh, oh Jesus. like just call me Uncle Fuckies or something I'd rather do that <laughs> rather than this like Uncle it. Funkies and the Goofy Bunch I don't care. Um, and the Get Down Gang. Uncle Funky's in the Get Down Gang. Hello, new Fire Pro Wrestling stable. Uh, it was myself, Matt Mayhem, against Jimmy Blaze and Joey Chichi. Okay. And that was a very big deal because uh, they were able to take care of us rather well. They were able to work with us, kind of slow you down. Because as I try to teach anybody that I'm training now, is if you think you're going too fast, slow down. Mm. If you think you're going too slow slow down because <laughs> especially when you start going man you just want like here we go here we go here we go here we go and then you learn real quickly your body ain't gonna keep up that pace and your wind certainly is gonna keep that that pace sure um so they they were very big at uh helping me pace put together psychology and kind of ran away from there so you started out in the, what we would call for lack of a better term the chicago scene right? sure of course um and i remember when i was starting in the late 90s um it was always a, they, they talked about the Wisconsin style and the Illinois style being different, right? Even though there's a lot of cross sharing of talent, have, did you notice when you were starting? Because you started obviously much later than I did. A difference between the way Wisconsin people worked, the way Indiana people worked, and the way the Chicago scene was as you were kind of coming through it. No, I wouldn't necessarily say the way people work because I think a lot of people have know how to. Work. Well, I, I want to take that back. Yeah, before, whew, um, there's, there, there, there's people who work very different, a lot of different styles, but then the people who know how to work, it's not about where you're from, or how it's, it's uh, where you're going and what you're doing, like, now I've learned to be able to go to an Indiana or certain places in Wisconsin, 
and they could not give a shit what kind of move I'm doing. If I'm not working the crowd, they're not really interested in my match. Opposed to there's some places where you can go and work the crowd, and there's like, this is boring me to tears. When are you going to do a flip pile driver? Right. right? <clears throat> that kind of stuff. So it was fairly early on, traveling down to Tennessee um, with Rick Reynolds, Forsaken, and Shane Morton, um, that we kind of learned, like, wow, this is drastically different than the Chicago area. Um, so I was actually able to have that kind of blend of Chicago style with Memphis style wrestling. Sure. And Indiana and parts of Wisconsin are very much that Memphis style wrestling. Um, Sexy KC comes to mind, which can't wrestle a lick, <laughs> mm-hmm. but could get heat no problem, and he was able to be a draw because of it. Um, but if you, you brought him down into certain Chicago areas, it was like, okay, we'll put him on second. After the exciting match, and then yeah. maybe to rile up the crowd to get them excited about the third match, but they're not here to see any barn be burned down. Right. Uh, but yeah, very, very much so. And I mean, people have to learn to adapt in that nature. But there's also a lot of like BCW, um, WPW. I forgot the one that Swaggle runs. ACW, I believe. ACW, yeah. yeah, they're they're very similar to the Chicago style more so now. And I hate even calling it Chicago style because I mean it's right. not. Right. It's, but. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have those pockets of metropolitan areas. And we're going to quote metropolitan areas because it's more of a metropolitan crowd than it is an area. But then you venture off from that, and that's when you're going to start seeing the more yeah. Memphis style. You mean like a hipster fuck party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you did mention Tennessee. Uh, yeah. It was kind of leads into what I was going to ask you as far as... Well, first of all, these guys have some Tennessee experience, too. Tennessee. But uh, where, what's the, the... Well, it's a two-part question. What's the furthest you've ever worked away from your, your hometown? Mm-hmm. And um, what is probably the most interesting place you've ever worked? And, and it, that could be good or bad. You could take interesting any way you want. Okay. <laughs> uh, the farthest I've worked away is Vancouver, Canada. Well, that's um, pretty far. Yeah, I have 4,000 miles, I believe. Yeah. No, 2,000, 2,300. Yeah, something around 4,000 and close. Well, but they're on trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I worked there with Christina Von Erie. Um, her husband owns part of the company. Um, and when, when they got married, I had worked there, and I just went there not terribly long ago, and then hopefully during 2019 I can try and get back over there, depending on how my dates are looking. Sure. Um, that was a lot of fun, though. The, the crowd, like, it was different. It was and it wasn't. Uh, there's certain crowds, like I said, that are up here and down here for certain things. You just had to kind of, got to find what works. Luckily I was being thrusted into a position where they already knew what worked and they told me this is what we're doing. This is what we're going, going on. So any ideas that you have, let us know. We can immediately tell you like, mm, bad idea right. <laughs> right. to kind of not allow me to fall flat on my face, which I'm incredibly thankful for them. And, uh, Scotty Mack, by the way, is her husband. I don't want to say Christina Bonieri and her husband. <laughs> Scotty Mack is the one who's okay. Okay, uh, was, was able to bring me and give me opportunities as well. Now, interesting, you know, there's... I don't want to throw company names <laughs> under the bus because it's possible I still will work for them in 2019 and going forward, um, depending on caveats. <laughs> but interesting is showing up to any sort of outdoor show, which, first of all, I cannot stand outdoor shows. Just getting the sand out of my gear is just a miserable time. Mm-hmm. But showing up to an outdoor show and seeing, like, as the bell's ringing, we have three people out there. It's like, well, okay, I'll go. I'll do my thing. Here we go. Right. Um, that was interesting in terms of what was going on that everyone could see. Interesting. Uh, Marman ran a show over summer. 
Um, it was myself and Joey Avalon against Chris Castro and Rick Cross. Rick Cross. I just Rick called. Cross, him, yeah. I just called him by his goddamn Facebook name. I, Richard Cross. Yeah. <laughs> goddamn it. Rough crossing. And where they uh, where they ran it was this Catholic school, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thomas More yeah. High, High School. school yeah. And like the underneath of this place is just a maze of places you're going to get stuck in. Where am I and how soon am I going to be sacrificed? Uh-huh. It's very eclectic <laughs> in that way. So I thought that was fun. Interesting's always come up when you know you you don't have a locker room. Well, where is the locker room? You don't. You just it so, was a trailer. So yeah. not even a trailer. It's you get dressed, go where you need to go. Someone will let you know when you're up, and you just come to that area at that time. It's sure. there's all sorts. I mean, you know, it's funny. You mentioned outdoor shows, and and I don't know what's worse. And again. Whether you re- wrestling in front of five people at an outdoor show, or in front of a, get what you're doing <clears throat> and just you know, so they're like, yeah, look at that. He didn't even really hit him. Yeah, like, it's like I'd rather work in front of the five people than same. You know, them assholes. I always, I always use that as an opportunity to to kind of like, hey, you know those moves we were working on or that idea we had. <laughs> Let's go out there and try it. For the longest time, Pal was running in Dubuque, Iowa, and that would be the place where it's like. Hey, let's give it a shot here. If sure. If it doesn't work, we'll tweak it. If it does work, cool. We know we can bring it to where people will actually go banana for it. Um, but yeah, working in front of the five people. To be honest, I'd rather work in front of you know, say, fifty people that are a raucous crowd, right. Than three hundred people that are like, okay, but you said Valvinus was going to be on the show. When is he? Yeah. Like, that? <laughs> no well, thanks. And when I think you know, that's the other thing because you kind of touched on it too. Is you have. Depending on where you're working, and it's not even sometimes the city; it's the company and their fans, right? No doubt. Because uh, you know, I've always said, like Angel Armani, for example, he runs his shows. They're as old school as can be, but his fans like that. Like he yeah. he caters his show to what his fans like, and they bite on everything, right? Yeah. No matter what, even when when Marman was was forced to to be Super Mario, <laughs> they loved the <laughs> shit out of that it. That sounds right? fantastic. Um. And then you'll go to some places where you can put on so and and again so at Armani they it, they keep it simple right they and it works and you could take that same mentality take it somewhere else and these guys could be busting their ass doing a spot fest you hit forty nine spots right you missed the fiftieth and every, yeah you fucked up yeah it's like you know but you never know because every crowd is different and what's weird is sometimes I'll look into those crowds and see the same people act differently <laughs> depending on what show they're at because it's almost like they morph into sure. whatever that crowd is supposed to be. It's it's the sure. rule. Yeah, oh yeah. absolutely. I yeah, I've I've seen people at, you know, farther distant shows out into the country where like, oh they're enjoying this, they're enjoying this and then some kind of spots on I was like, ah, eh. but they're the same people that I can see in front row at an AAW show who see eight reverse Ranas in a match like this is the best. Right. Uh, okay. Right. But I think that's why I always think it's important to build a card like based on everyone's watching. So you're not like you're not gonna have everything or something. Uh, you're not gonna. Let me take it back, guys. Delete. Please delete We're that. Go in backwards. Um, the uh, the effect of like you want to build it so there's something for everyone. Like okay, maybe someone's not gonna be interested in this hardcore match. That's fine. Let them go do their thing. But then you know you do have a comedy match for people who enjoy comedy, like the kid with the kids, the more um, work rate spot type matches, the uh, Memphis style matches, the matches that have clearly been built to be a bigger deal, the tag matches, and obviously you don't want tag matches back to back. Right. I'm, I'm I uh, my biggest I think asset is psychology, as you know, body isn't it. 
<laughs> but so I have to like lay out match psychology, but I think psychology goes so far beyond that. Like your entrance is psychology, storylines are obviously psychology. How you're building a card is psychology. Um, yeah, but it's all, it also becomes di- difficult in super indies and when everyone's trying to sell merch and get their names out there that no longer can you build a card. There are some places that like you're still able to build your talent so you can build a card building it up. But it's very difficult to, to do that to a, say, you know, <clears throat> um, Penta and Phoenix who are on second. And they're like, no, 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 we need you guys to tame down your stuff because these guys... Our like, main event like, is this. Uh, yeah. like, okay, well... We need to sell merch. We need to get bookings. So we're going to do what we need to do, and that's sure. Yeah, understandable now. But like you said, it's very, it's very different. Like going from not necessarily town to town, but place to place. Their fans can be different somewhere else. In some ways, and I've been critical, and, and will be still about ECW and Paul Heyman and whatnot. But we'll say this: when it comes to booking shows where there was something for everybody, I mm-hmm. think that was probably the best example. Of exactly, because right? a lot of it people really ran a gamut. Yeah, I have buddy who's absolutely tout. Um, ECW and I'm someone who like I really couldn't I don't like ECW. Yeah. In certain, me, me either. And but. I but I really don't like the ECW to sit through. You give me certain matches to watch like there's certain um like knockout dragouts that I can really enjoy but then you have the same type of match on a different card. It's just the participants didn't do it as well. And you're like oh this is just a cluster. This sure. is just Violence for the sake of violence. And that's what I hated, right? That's what I hated. But then on those same shit shows that I thought they were, you'd get... Malenko and Guerrero. Right. (laughs) It was just beautiful. It's like, all right, well, there's the nugget. Like, there's what I'm here for. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough of that. There's so many... There's some... That, too, there's so many uh, people I heard of in ECW before I knew they went anywhere else. Like, your Furnace and LaFawn. I think they had just come off WWF run. But before they had gone, they had done some stuff in ECW. But your Guerreros, your Sakos, obviously, people there, you're like, wow, these guys are uber talented. Right. Um, and then when they start to take off in other companies, you realize, oh, I do remember seeing them. They're really good. Yeah. And then there's others that come in, you're like, sorry, they signed the Sandman? <laughs> hack. Hardcore uh, yeah, hack. Yeah. <laughs> Never got him. Never got him. I like ECW. I, I completely understand the appeal of Sandman. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Uh, but like I said, there's certain things about ECW where I was like, I'm good on that. There's some Sandman matches I love. There's some New Jack matches I love. The overall, if you were to tell me, hey, I got a New Jack compilation, but no, I'm straight. Right. Yeah. I'm good that. on that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I didn't appreciate a lot of stuff that he did do. Sure. Um, same thing with Sandman. I, oddly enough, when he got to WWE for the whole all those angles, in the best shape of his life, looked like a million bucks, and it was like. Wait, the Sandman man can actually wrestle? Right. It's amazing what you can do when you're not inebriated and... And fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, to, I'm, I'm learning that. that out. Yeah. I'm learning Would that. Would not know. Any, any questions before we get into the... No, man, I'm good. Actually, I, you know what? I do have one question. It's, it looks just like a chapstick. Have you seen a AAA battery? It's honestly... That's not the one. Okay. That, that was, was for my, later. <laughs> that um, was my question. I'm glad. If I'm not mistaken, you're a Raiders fan. Raiders and Niners, yes. Okay. Well, hey, whoa. Raiders and Niners? Yeah. Hey, want, man. Do you want to touch on it's that? It's the Bay Area, and well, the, it's different conferences. Okay. Thank you. There so is, they don't... The, heads up. There's no rivalry. It's important I, unless it's the, it'll the big be even game. less of one when they're in Vegas. Right? I've been I've been in like I've been in Oakland two Raiders games after just coming from watching a Niners game, having Niners stuff on, and they're 
a lot of people are just like, whoa, what well, do you think Well, that's what I doing? wanted to ask about was the tr- you're traveling. Have, yeah. you, have you been to the Niner Stadium as well? I have not been to the new one, no. Because we do a, a yearly football trip. Okay. Uh, we've been to Tennessee. Same. Cleveland. I, lo- I love Nashville Stadium. Nashville's a nice It was, it was it's nice. beautiful. Tennessee, then we did Cleveland last year, was Detroit. <sighs> Sorry about Detroit. It wasn't bad. You sh- really? You should be. It was better than, <laughs> it was better than Cleveland. For this reason alone, yes, Detroit has some. Just, I mean, we toured the worst ghetto of Detroit just to get perspective. Yeah, we right? listened to Phil Collins while we did it. But, uh, <laughs> but in Cleveland, Misery loves everybody soundtrack. thinks they're New Yorkers. They, are, hey, fuck you, buddy. I'm like, you're in Cleveland. <laughs> like, take take dial, the foot off the gas. It yeah, it's you're not New York. Right, you're, you're an, an hour. You're an hour from the but... house where the Christmas story was. From. was that, <laughs> Let's relax. And then there was that weird ten minutes where they sat us in the room and made us watch that video of Drew Carey jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Yeah, before you get in. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, they don't uh, let right you in. <laughs> but they don't even let you on the uh, the tollway. Will you continue to follow the Raiders in Vegas and beyond? Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. I, mean, I say it's beyond because I don't know how long it's going to last. Oh, I, I got our new stadium. That's They might be on hard knocks. I, I could here. believe or it. Or the Lions. Did you see the Lions tried to They're push? They're trying to get the Raiders They tried on. to push the Raiders into <laughs> Really? <laughs> they said, hey, we heard the Raiders want to be on hard knocks. Apparently right? there's so, only five teams that are eligible this yeah. year. Because you have to. If you have a first-year coach, Not eligible. you can't be on. If you've made the playoffs in the last two years, you can't be on. And then there was a, and if you've been on hard knocks in the last ten years, you can't be on. <laughs> ten years. So it was the so Giants, the Giants, uh, the Redskins, yep, the 49ers, 49ers, Raiders, Oakland and, and Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. They're gonna go with the Giants. It's a bigger market. Yeah. It's a bigger market, but I think also, but there's more dysfunction with the yeah, Raiders. Yeah, yeah people like out, seeing man. That. It's because of everything you just laid out for me right there. They don't know when they're gonna get the Giants again. Because the Giants are in a big market. They could get good. They're going to be expected to get good. That's true. Yeah, Gruden's not going to lose his job for a few years at the very least. Well, he owns part of the goddamn team. Well, I mean, because he's got a 10-year deal. So you're going to have to eat a lot. Yeah. Like, So I think with him, at least you're going to give him three or four years of craziness. He's about to run amok with first-round draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh my god! But I heard he was going to draft like, Terrell Owens. Right? I bet. <laughs> I bet. When the TV show starts for the draft, there's going to be a metal chair on the gonna side. Be John and when he comes out for pick number four, I believe it is, he'll be like, "Hey, I'm John Gruden. We'll take blah blah blah." And instead of leaving, <laughs> he's going to shake the guy's hand. And that guy's going to go to the left, and Johnny Gruden's going to take a right, and he's going to go sit in his like chair. It's a and yeah, he's going to come back in like seven picks. Yeah. But then does every pick that come up get to make jokes about him like a roast? Like a roast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap your mind around the, because I said you you know, you want to halt in the Niners and the Raiders fan at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, was, I didn't think they got along. I was no, I was a Niners fan first. Okay. Um, and then I followed Jerry Rice over to <coughs> Oakland. Okay. And paid attention to Jerry Rice's career, and then that made me a Raiders fan. Did you follow so Jerry Rice not, to Denver? I was saying I'm not a Denver or Seahawks, Seahawks fan. <laughs> preseason fan. I forgot that even happened. So let me ask you this, because I, I, I don't harbor old will about some of the Packers shit except for that NFC title game against C- Seattle. But in that game that the Packers lost in the postseason, a Terrell Owens catch oh, in which – all, the coming out party. Yeah, all we had to do as is, is have our safety not play in the back of the end zone, because so he could put a hit on Owens <laughs> yeah. when he was catching the ball. But 
I still think Jerry Rice fumbled. I, I honestly don't even recall the if we're talking about a certain play. I honestly don't yeah, even recall. Yeah, yeah. Remember remember the, the game? play in which Jerry Rice fumbled. Fumbled. But replay was on, and then it was off again. Like replay was had a, a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah, it was like a, sure. It's so weird going through seeing like different top tens and stuff on NFL Network. Um, you know, you know the greatest hail marys of all time. And it's like that wasn't even a touchdown. He's down at the two yard line. Why? With replays and like if once you blow a call on the field, it's like well you have to take it into perspective. But sure, there's some calls where you're like how did you like the fail mary? I mean, well, and what it did is it <laughs> ended the, it it immediately yes. ended the. The NFL referee strike. Yeah, so thank goodness. I guess something good came out of that. Ed Hockley was just kissing his oily biceps at home. Soon, boys. Yeah, that was that was terrible. He was grating cheese on his abs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I've been there. Let's move into our regular, and we'll start with you. As far as what you have coming up, we talked. I, I don't know when you're going to Vancouver next, but what what you've been got going on. For the month of March and, and beyond. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll hit February 1st, just in case. Not February 1st, but February. You hear that? Office? <laughs> just in case it does go up. Because in. That's the levels? You want to talk this. This is the way was in there. Go ahead. I thought he was in there. He's watching. Hang on. Let's, let's get your voice to carry. Oh! <laughs> I haven't been using this enough. All right. There we go. Got it Enough, all. you think. Hit the quota. Huh? Um. But in two weeks, I have a show with ICW on February 24th. Um, that's going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, my buddy, Castle Valentine, who's just the master of the no-ring death matches, coming down from Brooklyn um, with Schlack, big death match guy. Schlack will be working Marcus Crane. Okay. Um, and myself and Casanova will be having a False Count Anywhere death match. Marcus um, Crane's your old buddy. Uh, we've met. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of Marcus Crane's a lot like sex. I have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that one's a big show for me. Be- You're fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, that one's a big show. It's better big- than the dog kennel we used to have for Ooh, a day. Yikes. Uh, that one's a big show for me because uh, Valentine and I have been friends for quite a while. When I ran Threat Level Wrestling's first show and owned the show, <laughs> I had brought him down from uh, Brooklyn. Um, he brought me up to Brooklyn when... Um, he needed help putting together the Zack Sabre Jr., Chuck Taylor stuff uh, with him and Matt Tremont in Brooklyn. Uh, so he, he'll he be coming down and we'll be wrestling for the first time, which will be fantastic because I'm looking for it to just be bloody and miserable. Cool. And then that, Ever worked for ICW before? I have, yeah. yeah okay. That following week is actually my birthday, and I have a uh, show on my birthday, March 2nd, in Fox Lake for POW. Nice. Um, against Matt Duar. That'll be a lot of fun. Matt Duar is unbelievably talented. He's only been in for about five years, but he's really restricted himself in terms of what he's been allowed to do. So him and I have been trying to push those limits on, like, hey, man, you're 6'4", and you're, you look great. Throw a hurricane around it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> sure. If it's on a bigger guy, and so he did, and it looked great. So I've been like, my goal is to try and work with people like that who are like, man, you have what it takes to get signed, but you're not used to working a certain kind of style. Um, things like that. Try to get them out of their comfort zones. That way they can go anywhere. Sure. Um, after that, March 23rd, I have, I want to say Franklin Park, but it could be Addison. I don't recall. <laughs> uh, both Illinois for POW uh, Entertainment. Um, and that leads us right into Mania Weekend, which is the April 4th, I believe, is a Thursday. Uh, I'll be working Wolf Taylor, who's out of L.A., uh, works in Fest Wrestling down in Florida a lot, um, but I'll be wrestling him in a no-ring match in Brooklyn 
on the 4th. Uh, that's uh, Castle Valentine's. That's a big show. He should be announcing his opponent very soon. It'll be a New York legend that I think people are going to be baffled that this man's going to be doing a no-ring death match. So I'm very excited to start pushing well, that. Well, it won't be Pedro Morales. Excellent. It will not. Excellent. <laughs> Jim Duggan's doing a no-ring death match. <laughs> oh. Um, then, uh, and then there's a few shows here and there that I won't be on, but I'll definitely be at and attending um, the Blackcraft Wrestling Show. Um up there, I'm actually trying to trying to help Blackcraft get in with a couple companies to promote a larger show down in Chicago, so we can get them down here. But after I think it's the Blackcraft show, which is on the sixth, the April sixth, there's also a gauntlet at a different bar that I think they're trying to stream on FightTV.net. Okay. Um, but they're doing like a no ring gauntlet match. Um, that myself I'll be doing uh, with Dana Diva will be with me. GQ will be doing that one. Um, Castle Valentine's running it again. Uh, those are kind of the things that I have coming up that are just going to be a big deal. Sure. Um, I'm talking with a lot of different places to try and go all over the place, as you can imagine. It's just what money allows. Um, <clears throat> I'll put it on tape because I'm never the one to say, like, listen, you have to pay my travel for me to get there. If I've never wrestled for you before and I want to be there, I'll, make, I'll personally take care of my travel if it means I get there. And you can pay me $1.00. If it me, I just want to say I got paid for the show, and then if you think I drew, if you think the fans were into me, then next time I need to be paid what I'm worth. Sure, um, things like that. But you're kind of getting it out. Yeah, but I have no problem spending money on myself to make sure. So I mean, even going into the UK, going to do Europe swings, um, trying to do UK up through Finland, um, things like that. Where it's like if I need to get myself there, I can get myself there. It's just a matter of getting the opportunities and. As I've told people many times before, I want as many eyes on me as I can. I want as many people in shirts as I can because ultimately I just want to sell out my funeral. So before we get into the rest of it, I was going to ask this earlier. Who is your favorite opponent? Favorite opponent? Yeah. Um, it is going to be one of two people. One of three people. I take that back. Okay. My favorite is probably Tyler Sullivan slash Tyler Sunday. And it was because I helped train him so much. And I really got him out of his comfort zone because I would say, hey, you're going to take a tiger suplex. because I don't know what that is. And I just say, just push. <laughs> push and tuck your chin. So there's so many things um, that I've been able to do with him that's gotten him out of his comfort zone. Yeah. There's a quote he said not terribly long ago to Matt Duar about, because Matt was worried about hurting me for something. I said, just drop me directly on my head. I will handle it from there. And Tyler said... I've learned with, like, when I stopped worrying about Mikey's well-being <laughs> was when our matches went a lot better. I got Tyler out of the habit of, like, trying to be so careful with everything. And, I mean, you do. You want to protect no matter who you're working with. Sure. But I also had to let him, like, no, I'm going to protect myself. The second you start overcompensating and protecting me, our move's going to look all... Yeah. Um, so he's probably my, one of my favorite to work because he's really gotten psychology down a lot more. He understands building certain things. Uh, CJ Idol, my old tag team partner in Threat Level Black... Um, he's one because that's another dude who I can do anything and everything with him. It doesn't matter what we do. Um, and the last one probably being Stonewall. Um, he's not so much doing anything anymore as he is trying to get on school boards okay. <laughs> and make a difference that way. Um, a little bit of a change. Yeah. <laughs> but when he was doing he's that's another guy that I could um, just put on tapes of Vader beating the shit out of Cactus and go, yo, that's what you're doing to me. And he goes, you got it. Um, 
So, I mean, we, we had a match where I got knocked out twice. He got knocked out once, and I went to the hospital for on a clothesline. He tore the bronchial lining in my trachea. Oh, so, that sounds <laughs> gross. So, so, that's, so that, that's a guy where it's just like, hey, if we want to make sure these people leave going, I don't know if they were supposed to do that. That's my guy. Otherwise, Tyler's the one I could consistently put on matches with and be proud of, happy with. Sure. Tyler's got a lot going on for him right now. Yeah, so... Can you tell me what you got going on, my man? Yeah, uh, I have no faith that this show will see the light of day in the month of February. <laughs> but that's okay, because I ain't got nothing going on in February. <laughs> uh, no, it deserves the wah, wah, wah noise. However, March 8th and March 29th, you can see me for River City Championship Wrestling. March 15th, you can see me for Legacy Pro Wrestling at Tanner Paul. And help me out, Scotty. What's Armani's date in March? Uh, it's got canceled. The second one. Son March. of a bitch. April That's 12th. Is, is I'll see you in April, motherfucker. Because the building wants to do salsa dancing Saturday. He couldn't move to Friday because ACW had a show. So I would be gone. DJ Bob would be gone in half of his roster. So there is no March. So. Got kicked out of the building <laughs> of for salsa. a bunch of salsa dancers. And I think what they're going to do going forward is if they do do Saturdays, I said, why don't you just do the 6, uh, six o'clock show then on a Saturday? Because the dance doesn't start till 10. We can get oh, wow. the fuck yeah, out of there. Yeah, but. definitely. But anyway, so that's where we're at for March. I'm going to be where he's at. I've got uh, Bruce City Wrestling. Oh, that's April. Never mind. That's February. We're not even going to talk about February because you're right. It's not going to air. In March, Legacy. Yeah. Uh, I've got that coming up. Um, the 15th. And on the 27th of April, I'll be up for ACW. Uh, Mick Foley's there. Jack Swagger is taking on Logan Lynch on that show. Mark okay. Henry's going to be involved. Uh, Gangrel's taking on Nathan Gust. And Shane Douglas and Francine will be there. And Francine will probably give somebody the herp. So, uh, wow. I have two more. I completely forgot because I just put them in my calendar, which was March 9th and April 13th. I'll be in Northern Lights, which is down in Godley. Ah, yes. For EJ Jensen. That's a, that's, that is a place where it's so far removed from metropolitan area that it's you play to the kids, you be the baddie, and the baddie slips on the banana peel, gets a face full of pie. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I love it. It's a lot of fun. I like pie. <laughs> As do I. All right, and then before we get into the hat, I would like to ask you the question we ask all of our first-time guests. Mikey Wilde, who are you gay for? Okay, that's an easy question. That is... Uh, well, all right. That's Tom Hardy. Okay. Um, Jason Momoa with a beard. Without yeah. the beard, it's... Eh, with the beard, man, what a hunk. Okay. Um, and I don't remember if it's pronounced Cillian or Killian. I think it's Killian. Killian Murphy from... Um, like uh, the Batman Begins and all. Yes, that? I yeah. don't, forgot. I just, just forgot the big uh, like show. Like men he's with in. big lips. His eyes and his cheekbones are his cheekbones are chiseled. The jaw is great, and his eyes are just this sea blue that you can just I get like lost him. in. He has put some thought. Yeah. Oh no doubt. The, I mean, there's nothing. Listen, there's who are we? Like I'll tell you, it's okay on. for me to say, hey, that's a good looking dude. Every week I put thought into it. Okay? Every <laughs> week I come here and I put thought into who I'm but gay you still for. I was gonna say every, for Ryan every, but, every day I put five or six minutes into my <laughs> But every, every week you guys are like, oh, oh, you're going too far, you're going too far. Mikey Wilde shows up. Yeah. He's into it. I'm coming here. I'm telling you, I want to take with Ryan Reynolds. I want, you know, those real tiny little ice cubes? 
right? Not the like big the ones. crushed ice. Yeah, yeah, like a crushed ice cube. Uh-huh. Oh, I just want to put those on his nipples. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. I want to I want to dip his Johnson in some Hawaiian uh-huh. shave is, ice. All right. This you, is a good one because Ryan Reynolds is a very good one that you don't often think about, but it's not even so much of how great he looks. It's his personality that's right. that adds to that overall appeal. Like, that's a know, great, great one. I want you to know that Lane just changed this from who you gave for to... Now I'm gay for. <laughs> and I still, Who would you potentially sexual assault listen, against their will? Ryan is, what it is like. a good-looking, funny dude, but I, you know, if I was gonna stay in that world, like you're kind of hanging in, really crystallized. I would be. I would be. I would be in a Paul Rudd camp because he's also got a personality yeah. that you yeah. can't help. But good apps too. Yeah. Peaky Blinders. Killian Murphy, that's what I was looking for. Peaky Blind. Yeah, I saw some people. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Lockman, host of the Smart Money Wrestling Podcast. Join me and my co-host, AJ Jensen, each week as we discuss all things professional wrestling. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, New Japan, as well as the local indie scene here in Wisconsin. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the Midwest up-and-coming independent stars and where you can see them in your area. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as on Twitter, at Smart Money. Check us out. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming, check us out. All right, let's go to the hats, and you get to go first because you are our guest. Very uh, cool. They all stick together. Whether I'm posted, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he thinks about Ryan Reynolds. Or <laughs> and try not to and look then, in because you can. You, yeah, if you look in, so. you can kind of see it. Also, you can't read my handwriting. So <laughs> those are all the warnings that we usually give people before they go in. I have. I have Crazy Gorman. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> Do you are you familiar with? Of course. Chris? Okay, good. That that helps because sometimes they're get, like I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, I've, I've had I've had nothing but great experiences with him. He's such he's been such a great dude. Um, it's odd though. Anytime I'm around him, he has such a stoic kind of vibe that you're not sure if like if he's always upset or if he just hates me. Sure. But he doesn't. It turns out. <laughs> um, so he's he's uh, had me do some. Um, the Hartford JC shows with him mm-hmm. on uh, like Fourth of July and things like that. Um, when Sexy Casey wasn't such a thunder cunt, uh, doing some wow. stuff. Don't do, I still get along with him, but you know, <laughs> come on, yeah. Um, uh, doing some stuff over there, and then um, personally, he's always been, he's always reached out to me. Like I'm very open with mental health or anything that I have going on. That way, people aren't ever like, oh, where's Mikey now? What's he doing? The people know, like, okay, Mikey's done. He's always been one to reach out and kind of ask how things are going, uh, give me credence of, hey, keep working on this, you're doing well, like that. So I've always gotten along with him famously. I think he's a wonderful fellow. I think I'm in the same camp because I met him way back when, when he was still doing Powerhouse stuff. Okay. And uh, 
I was in the same. I'm like, I don't know why. If, why is this, he always seems like he's this a stiff prick? Like, <laughs> right, he does. Like, what? He does. And then it turns out that he's yeah, he's actually a super cool dude. Yeah. But first couple of times, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, you know. And then you start talking to him, and you realize he's genuine. He's nice. He'll do. It. He'll yep. give you the shirt off his back. I mean, so I, I, I I'm a big fan of Crazy Grandma. I like him. All right. <laughs> he, stole, he stole your fist. Yeah, no, I get it. He stole your fist. I get it. I get it. Uh, I do, though. I, I like Gorman. He's a good guy. Crazy Gorman uh, is interesting to me for a couple reasons. So, first of all, he was our first foray into wrestling podcasting. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he had one. Right? Yeah. And then we called in. We oh, kind of. Okay. Yeah, we I remember. Over. Yeah, we kind of took the show over. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, that was a great time. And we all asked Jesse Von Ruden really. Pointless questions. Like uh, this show. Yeah. <laughs> I like this show. Yeah. yeah, really. That could be the formulative version of this, except we we actually planned that out. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to relive my uh, my Dick the Bruiser versus, uh, I believe it was Afa, a match that we watched we on WWE. No, Which one no. was it? Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch versus <laughs> I was, was going to say Dick the Bruiser. No, no, no. this is not was, lining up. It was, it was Dick Murdoch versus Afa. Yes. Yeah. I got to replay that match, except he got to play the role of Afa, and I got to play the role of Dick Murdoch, which was just a great time for me. Um, Seriously, Dick Murdoch could have been a stooge. He <laughs> could have been the fourth stooge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the ever the ever present fart in the wind promo. Oh, yeah. Which is just a great time. Can you give me a little bit of that since you like uh, No, no. By the way, you said fourth stooge, and it seems like you're kind of selling shrimp well, short here. Well, because it's Larry Moe and Curly in everybody's yeah. mind. But in my mind, it's Larry Moe and Curly slash shrimp. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then everybody else everybody is trash. Else is okay, shit. agreed. All right, good. Everybody else is shit after that. Especially Joe wife beater Joe Dorita <laughs> and Curly Joe are both equally shitty, but for different reasons. I sure. love Curly and Shump equally. I do. I don't see I any downfall if either or is. I, th- I think a lot other. of people put Curly above Shem, and I think Shem's just. I think Curly very underrated. I think in my mind, Curly is above Shem, but, but not by but a lot. not by a lot. Right. And to me, they're interchangeable parts. In fact, if anything, if I could have my druthers, I'd have you kick Larry out. Well, it was it was supposed to Shemp be. It was I could see it that. was supposed was, to be Mo Curly and Shem. They were the brothers. They started on vaudeville together. Yeah. Shemp wanted to do more serious acting. He left. Larry replaced Shemp. And then when Curly was was struck ill, Shemp came back. But it sh- that was supposed to be the original Stooges. It was supposed to be the Howard brothers. So. Okay. Well, this is a question around intelligence levels, okay? Uh-oh. So oh, do you, boy. Do you prefer the Stooges or the Marx brothers? Stooges. Stooges. Yeah, Stooges. And I know you're supposed to say the Marx Brothers, so you can be seen as the more intelligent of the yeah, two groups. But fuck you, man. I'll take that slap across the fucking head. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are the original kings of working stiff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And listen, I know the Marx Brothers were fine, but here's the thing. They were just this nebulous group because you'd watch different shows, and you, Groucho was always there. Cool. Chico was always there. And then Harpo was there, but then you had others that would come and go, and you didn't know: Are you a are you a, a Marx brother by affiliation? Are right. you Marx brother Japan? Like, in, <laughs> Japan? Are you, like where do you where does Zeppo fit into the Mar- like? I, I don't know. It was just too much, too many moving parts. Okay. I, I'm in the Latino world order of Marx. Brothers. <laughs> right. right. I just I I wasn't. I don't know. Uh, All right. Yeah. So next up, who's up? Were you or him? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. 
I'm the Silver King of the Mark God! <laughs> Can I be El Dandy? No. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? All right, what do we got? Let's stuck together. Yeah, sticky yeah. note. It's upside down. Can you read it? We're having a literacy issue here. <laughs> I think it's more of a handwriting deciphering issue. Who do you think... That's it. No. <laughs> That's, I mean, no. You wrote it. You tell I can us. read, like, half of it, the first half and the second half. Who do you think the nicest wrestler in real life is? Like, okay. <laughs> nicest wrestler, like, superstar, nicest indie wrestler. Right? I would assume it's people that we know. Oh. Okay. Well, I, you could go. With I think whatever. let's go. Let's go. Both. You could go with people you yeah, only you haven't met, but you assume they're super nice. Okay. Uh, and then people that you know that are legitimately probably the nicest wrestlers. Okay. All right. Let's start local. Let's start with people we know. Who's the nicest? Uh, if they're retired, does it count? Sure. Yeah. I know uh, where you're going. Right. Uh, it's Kuba. Yeah, it's kind of hard to not put him. Kuba and God are a great take. I'm not, but not a big fan. A, not a, not a big fan of him missing podcasts with me for Kiabasa King. Yeah. Well, then maybe you don't choose him. Yeah, I, I, choose won't, <laughs> I won't be choosing him for that reason alone. But you, I would say that uh, Tyler Sullivan yeah. is surprisingly nice okay. given his gimmick. Well, I can't. I will not repeat. I don't want to be. So I, Good, I yeah, yeah, I get it. He's got so a great I, life. I would say um, probably porn stash. I like. I like. Dave. Okay. I think he's a really cool dude. Yeah, there are a lot of people that I could throw out there, definitely. And it's really hard to break down into one. I think Tyler Sullivan, definitely one of them. Yeah, Porn Stash is an absolute sweetheart. Avalon is another yeah. dude. Um, Jordy. All these guys, by the way, that I could privately like make fun of somebody, talk about somebody, but we always do it in jest because you, you know full well, like everyone has a quality about them that I like. Right. It's just a matter of whether or not they're exhibiting it while I'm present. <laughs> Right. Um, and since you had brought up Gangrel earlier, Dave is one of the sweetest men I've ever met in my life. Um, will happily bump around for anybody and everybody, including Peter B. Beautiful. Mm. So he's, he's yeah, he's, uh, like, I had to, for Powerhouse, I had to pick him up from the airport, take some road time with him, and he's a super great dude. You did, uh, when you say for Powerhouse, you mean that abomination where nobody got paid, right? Yeah. Did you oh, that show. What's that? Did you get paid? Uh, yes. I am mad at you. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I'm I am a very nice. I'm a sweetheart of a gentleman. I can be. Um, and it, but if things don't go well, I can be an asshole. So sure. Give me my money. <laughs> we uh, we offered to have both Pete and Steve on the show to defend themselves against to defend the allegations, but... and uh, Steve blocked me. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And Pete has yet to come on the show. It's it's funny too because I can, I can get along with Steve and Pete both, um, but they obviously shouldn't be businessmen. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's a debacle. But so and and I, by the way, I've noticed that I probably never make anybody shortlist of of nicest wrestlers. Ever, right? <laughs> okay, so what about people you haven't met? Who strikes you? Who as could I speculate as a real yeah. nice guy? Yeah, who strikes you? As I'm going to go with Terry Funk. He just seems like everybody's <laughs> fuzzy uncle. Yeah. He seems wonderful. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I if you're going to go in that route, I've never met him, but everybody says Tommy Dreamer's a real nice guy, and he's got a friendly he's been face. Nice. He is. He's been really yeah. nice to me. Um, if I had to choose somebody on like your WWE TV, I'm trying to... Like, Sami Zayn pops into my head. Somebody who looks like he might sure. be just a genuinely nice dude. 
Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think Ivan Koloff was a hell of a nice guy, from what I've been told. Okay. Yeah, I, and it, I, and it's and I like picking him because when you watch him on TV, he's the evil Russian, and his his nephew Nikita is gonna <clears throat> break your neck. Yeah. But I hear he was always a stand-up yeah, guy. I'm not saying he's not a nice guy, but you seem to have a little bit of Ivan Koloff on the brain today. <laughs> That's twice in this episode you brought up. So Ivan why don't we Koloff. just go ahead and revisit then? Who are you gay for? Not Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> not Ivan Koloff. He's Russian a little bear. short for me. I'm actually going to throw out another one that I have, Matt. Who you wouldn't? Th- Matt Tremont, who is a deathmatch wrestler, CZW H2O. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the bigger heels. Or the deathmatch guys that you're just like, wow, this guy is like, seems like a fucking asshole. He'd kill you. Some of the nicest guys on the planet. Sure. Uh, for as far as people I haven't met, um, because of all the hate he gets, by all indications, Roman Reigns is one of the sweetest men on oh, the yeah. planet. Yeah. Seeing all of his stuff with his daughter, how he handles things, and uh, yeah. by all accounts, anybody I've known who's come into contact with him has been had a wonderful experience. So. You know who I did meet last year uh, for ACW who was super nice? Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Super yeah, nice. I, if I could tell a story there. Sure. I <clears throat> I was not on uh, the Global Force show, but ja- uh, Joey Avalon was on there, Swaggo was on there, um, but Christina Von Erie was on there, and I had she was going to come s- crash at my place anyway so we could hang out for a couple days, and I was going to take her home anyway. So I was going to pick her up regardless. Um, I had not met Jarrett previously to that day, or Karen, Jeff or Karen, um, but he knew that he didn't have to arrange for her to get into a car with anyone else. So I, her pronouns, her being Christina Von Erie. So when I got there and she introduced me to him and I um, was talk, able to talk to him for a little bit, he found out that I was the one who was able to get her to the show. And so without question, whipped out his wallet and gave me a payday right there. Wow. <laughs> Having not worked the show, not having asked like I was doing it because I wanted to see my friend Christina and I would have happily seen my other friends and, again, networking and stuff like that. So that he would did that just on a whim, like, what a sweetheart of a man. He was so accommodating with the fans, with the boys in the back mm. at that show, with me. It's great. And, you know, we can sit here, and, and we won't, unless it comes out of the hat, <laughs> but we can tell you about some of the guys, the names that have been complete douchebags and dicks and drugged out assholes. Yeah, Jared's yeah, not one of those guys. No. I, I mean, he was super, super awesome. So. You know who I'd like to meet? Meet. That Fred Durst. Fred Fuck Fred <laughs> I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention my best friend because she's the sweetest woman on the planet. That being Serena Deeb, who is just the absolute. I've, ni- heard, I've heard that the yeah. nicest person on the planet. The complete opposite of Fred Durst, who's, <laughs> who's a song stealing piece of shit. Um, Popeyes, churches, or KFC? Who you got? <laughs> who you gay for? <laughs> who are you chicken for? I like KFC. I like the mashed potatoes. Do you now. If you're going chicken, are you an original or a crispy guy if you're going KFC? I'm a crispy guy. Really? I'm a, I'm original. Frankly, I, I'm not a... But I also, let me... Here's a caveat. In high school, my first job at 16 was working at KFC, so... I'm going to I'm gonna hot take you here. Oh, here I'm going to bring go. you a hot take. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of chicken with bones in it, generally. <laughs> so you're not a fan of chicken. I like... <laughs> you like your chicken processed... Like my chicken processed, formed into a patty. From a can? Or a, you know, breasted, or like a breasted chicken. What chicken you got? Uh, out of those, none. Oh, really? That's all garbage. Wow. If you have to pick those one. those are the ones that are left those are yeah. <laughs> so you got to pick right. one. Let me look at this again. Popeye's well, Church's KFC. While he's g- going, I will say my opinion has shifted in recent years. 
I would initially have taken Popeye over KFC because altogether their um, mashed potatoes kind of had that That's nice, Cajun, yeah. yes. Um, and I do like the uh, the breaded, but and I like the spicy. Apparently. I do, I do as well. But lately, they've been having more bread on it than they do chicken over the last couple of years. It's clear that they're cutting down costs through that measure. Gotcha. Whereas KFC hasn't done that, and their original style tastes absolutely fantastic. If you're ready to just go, you know what? I don't have dignity today. Right. Let's get gross. So, KFC's the, KFC's the joint. So you're from Chicago. Obviously, the person who sent this. Did it. What about Brown's chicken? I was a huge yeah. Brown's chicken. That's why when he was said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. I was yeah. like, please say Brown's chicken. The wings are I, flying off the show. Hey, I love Brown's chicken. I'll tell you what, we could go to churches right now. We could get a three piece. We could put a wing on this table, and it will have eaten through the table. Because like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that is. I guess if I have to pick one of those, it's going to be KFC, and I'm not going to be happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. By the way, I believe that I invented something. Here we go. (laughs) This is where I thought we were going. Wait, what? What? What, what, Where are we going? Where are we going? You mentioned your first job was at KFC, and that's where we were going. But here we are. We took the fucking sea equipment to get there. You know what? Here we are. I'm not. Forget it. I'm I'd even, like to hear no, about. I'm not I'm giving like, it to you. I've never heard the story before. Apparently, you have. <laughs> I didn't. He has. I've heard the story before. Yeah, why Ooh. don't you tell? It? Pray tell. Scott used to work <laughs> at KFC when he was 16, which was 33 years ago. Yeah. 33 long years yeah. ago. And one day, Scott was making himself something to eat, so he took a bowl and he took some potatoes <laughs> uh-huh. and he took some corn yeah. and he took some gravy. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of chicken, yeah. because he's told the story so yeah. many fucking times. I invented the bowl. <laughs> okay, I did. That <laughs> seems like such a. <laughs> and I'll tell you, and the reason I think that they took it the, because I told my GM about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I did, which didn't take off, but it should have, I took onions from the coleslaw, I cut them into slices. And I breaded them into chicken breading, and I fried them. And I was saying, we should sell this, but that never took off. You're saying you invented onion rings? No, I invented invented KFC breading onion rings with their 11 herbs and spices. Hey, okay. It had a pretty good taste to it. I invented eating stuff out of bowls. (laughs) Look at me. I'm over here. See, you know what? I can't wait. It's very curious that the bowl was invented before there were things to put in the bowl. But the I don't mean the bowl. I mean the bowl. The it's dish. insane KFC. to think that the, the bowl dish. was invented. The KFC, got nothing to put in there. the KFC version of their bowl. <laughs> if you guys can find it, there's a great Patton Oswalt bit out there about KFC's famous bowls. Hmm? That I invented. <laughs> Which, by the way, I hope everything you ever think of gets played to the There you go. All right. Fucking real world inception. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take us home with a real deep thinker here. Oh, boy. Does animosity, jealousy, and vendettas between independent promotions hurt the business? Wow. Well, well, told you. Something. Um, it really brought it down. Something. Yeah, it does. It does. And I'll, I'll give you a couple examples, and we can go this. We can go long on this topic. We aren't on a time crunch, so let's, let's, yeah. let's play this And you out. drove here, so. Yeah, so we don't but, mind going. We might even do have to go to work. <laughs> oh, when do you work? 11. No, oh. well, we're not. Yeah, no, we're not. Here's, well, we're done. No. Here's, <laughs> who, here's who gets yes. hurt because there are guys who will run shows and say it's implied that if you work on another person's show that I happen to be an enemy of, it's going to affect how I book you. Or 
I'm going to purposely run shows against this guy who runs north of me, but you work on both shows, now I'm making you pick and choose. There are times where when people do that just to, to dig in on another promoter, it's the wrestlers that get hurt by it. Yeah, Because absolutely. now they're like, well, I'm loyal to both of you. Now, how, why are you doing this? Now, is that hurting the overall business? Sure it it's hurting mm. the wrestlers' wrong, business. Wrong, but Because the business is, you st- if, if you're a fan and you go to as many of that federation shows as possible. Sure. Now, you're starting to build a connection with the storylines, with characters, and now those guys aren't there. So now your show, whichever one it is, that you now have to pick and choose, that show is hurt because now whatever you had building has to be scrapped, put on hold, start over. So I think it does hurt. And anytime you... Mess with, say, a building of some sort. Let's say I call in a, a, a cabaret license issue. Not that that's ever happened <laughs> Never to me. Never once happened. Like, nobody's ever shut my show down because of that. No, that's silly. But it has happened. Now what happens is <laughs> that building will no longer, whether it was my fed that would run there or someone else, that building will no longer take a chance on wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not enough buildings as it is that will roll the dice and take on wrestling. Yeah. So now you're shrinking the ability to run shows. Now, the guy who calls in the, the cabaret license, he loses his building now for other reasons, and now he just burnt that building. Now there's yeah. another building nobody can run at. So in that market, it certainly does hurt the business. Yeah, I, that part does. I guess the the argument I'm making off of, the, and this is a side argument to the side of that, being somebody who believes that you shouldn't be, like, I live in Milwaukee. I shouldn't be on Armani's show, Legacy, uh, Frank's show, Dave Hero's show. Um, what about a Milwaukee show and an Oshkosh show? Is that far enough apart? Yeah, that's okay. absolutely far. But I just mean... If, if it's that where you're in the oh, same I, I, I agree. Listen, you're right. That is a side subject because I, I do think guys dilute themselves too much in a market. And you could work. I, it's This is not an exaggeration. Rick, tell me if I'm wrong. There's guys who have worked in six promotions within 25 miles of each other. And in half of them, they were heels. And half of them, they were baby yeah. faces. Yeah. And it dilutes. Half of them, they're teaming with somebody. Half of them, they're feuding with that same person. Yeah. It's yeah, that, that I agree. And that's why I do like... When Federation, like I like, for example, MKE. I like that they bring in those guys from Columbus and they bring in some guys from Minneapolis because they're trying, you, they want to stand out. I mean, I know that you you could be friends with a lot of dudes, but is it smart for business to, to have a guy work in a sixth fed in your market? I mean, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Especially when they're sharing the same fans. Right. I mean, you guys, when you guys were running... Fusion. I, I didn't run Fusion. I did not either. I liked like Our dead friend I liked the people you brought in from Illinois. They were oh, yeah. different. No, they didn't. They weren't working anywhere else in Milwaukee. They worked a lot in Illinois, but they weren't working up here. You have to have a, or, or, you know, ACW. They've got a nice, steady group of students coming in. Yeah. Now that are fresh faces to mix in with the Joey Avalons and the, the Adam Graces and the Nick Colucci's. You have to have that. Otherwise, it's just like, what's different? What's different about your fed when it's the same guys? It's almost like sometimes in this town, it would get to the point where every federation looked like a, a lethal lottery. Because it's the same guys. Sure. And we're just picking out, do we want to be faces or heels and who you wrestle? And nobody likes the lethal and then, lottery. I was going to say, and that's when it becomes... <laughs> no. Nobody. That, and that's when it becomes an issue when uh, people don't want to drive, don't want to take chances on themselves. Like, oh... Well, you know, I need trans. Like, no, 
go gamble. Go see if you can get over somewhere else so then they will bring you in a second time. Because, yes, you can be well-known here, but like you said, with as deluded as you're going to be, people aren't going to worry about going to see you on this show because they're going to see you on that show. Right. People aren't going to worry so much about getting your T-shirt there because they can get your T-shirt there. And if they don't, you'll be back in a certain amount of time. They'll just get it there. Right. Um, and do something different. Yeah. Like change, change something about the way you work from here Sure. To here, to here. Don't do the same match that I just saw. Don't do the same match on Saturday. And 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 maybe I'm a little bit more jaded and biased about it now because now that I've transitioned into a full time ring announcer only, I see every match. You get to yeah, exactly. So I'm like, dude, I just saw this last night. I just saw the same thing. I feel like I'm on a house show circuit in the old AWA. I'm watching the sure. same. Sure. I've always been. I've always been big on. I'm going to change something. And even if someone's like, ah, I don't know if I can really do that. Like, okay, then we'll fail spectacularly. That's fine. But I don't want to just pass. Like, I don't want to go out there and have a passing match because that's what we were comfortable in. That's what we did. Like, they saw this if they would have driven, driven 30 minutes. Right. Like, let's do something entirely different if we're wrestling each other again or something along those lines. And you made a great <clears throat> point about the trans thing, too. All right, so let's say I want to get outside of my comfort zone, and this actually happened. This is true. I'm going to go to Iowa. They don't want to pay me trans. Fine. Like, hey, can I bring a couple guys to do a match? Exactly. And then we're going to come together. Exactly. Now, we, you know, you've got a traveling buddy or two, and you make it happen, and you go somewhere yep. else, and you do it. I mean. That was one of the first things uh, when I started looking into running threat level wrestling was I want to run it in a pocket of an area where it's not going to be an issue. So I made sure I got together with any of them around that area. And everyone's very cool. Like, no, please run. That's more pay, uh, more places for someone to to work but it was also like okay well then i can promote for you guys you can promote for me i'll promote for you and i wanted to end up getting to an idea with ssw uh i talked with them about it as well of doing all our promotions have their own champions like doing their thing but you have that nwa type champion that floats from here to there and let's say if i'm getting used on a freelance show it's well this is mikey he's the such and such champion like bring my belt there let people like and then build a community um but it would Relies so consistently on you have to have people who are like, well, we okay, we'll use him as just a heel. We can't bury him. We can't, you know, we can't have him losing to this guy. Because, so I mean, things can get rough around the edge. But when you have the animosity that when no one's willing to work with anybody, then no, the products overall are going to suffer because you're not going to believe this. There's no continuity. Scotty had that idea. Oh, well, <laughs> well, but it's, I it's, invented. It's, it's funny because <laughs> because I didn't invent this. Yeah, no. but. I did say that if I had some money, like what I would like to do is do an old studio style show like Crockett did at oh, TBS, but use every like all the feds around here so they could come in. So I would have like a core 12 guys that were my fed, sure. and then I'd have guys come in and Looping put it up, yeah. over their stuff. The problem is there's some there's a few guys who run shows around here that would have such egos that they'd say, well, if you're putting X and X champ on here, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Again... Instead of just saying, well, yeah, let's let's share in the, the possibility to, to get some exposure, people yeah. wouldn't do it. it that's it, another example of animosity, jealousy, and vendettas. That's what, that's it, is ba- it is baffling to me that people as grown adults can't have that sort of, like, if he's on the show, I'm not going to be on. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain shows I refuse to be on because of who they are personally and what they've done. Sure. That it's just like, that you would even allow that kind of person in your locker room. I'm not, I'll work for you, but not on that show. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Things like that. But that's me talking to the promoter and arranging something along those lines to just have a flat out say, like, I'm not working because of that guy. Right. I don't know how many people there have been on shows where 
like people didn't like me or don't get along. Um, me, Matt Winchester, didn't get along for the longest time. Um, not entirely sure why, but we were both on a show together, so it was like, hey, how about we talk and figure out what's going on? I was able to talk to DeFalco, talk to, because uh, I mean, I got along with Sean Priest, uh, Colucci, all so many sort of guys that were in that circle that it was like, I wasn't going to say no just because he's not in, on there. I wasn't going to work with him. Like, it's, hey, how about we just talk about it like adults? Right. And then we end up hanging out in the locker room. Granted, like, I'm not going to call Winchester. I'm like, hey, buddy, how are things? But I can just say, hey, man, enjoyed your match. Or, hey, would you mind watching mine? Because he still has a great mind. I value his opinion. Yeah. So it's that people don't, they nitpick certain things and they can't see the over-encompassing of someone else's qualities or a company's qualities and things like that, knowing that this is more beneficial than it is a hindrance. So let's work together. Let's, I have no, like I will happily promote other people's stuff if they're willing to promote my stuff. Like if you're meeting me, willing to meet me halfway, I'd happily do any of that. Right. And that's then everyone's getting work. Everyone's going to make more money. And then, you know, you can rely on another promoter in a pinch of, hey, I, if you, I need a guy or, Beautiful, hey, you yeah. need a spot, we can fit. I mean, it, it, it just point. makes more sense to yeah. have that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and, and I suppose as I've gotten older, because I'm not going to lie. I mean, when I was running shows in my 20s, maybe my attitude was different. But as I've Very. gotten older and I've matured, <sighs> as I've gotten older and matured, it's like, I just want to help. I just want people to make, every, I want everybody to make, I want the boys to make money first. Yeah. And I want the promoters to make money. There's, there's always... There's never been any time where you've worked in a legitimate job, done any sort of activity in a group with other people who do the same activity, where there isn't some form of animosity, no doubt, it, jealousy, personal vendettas. The The issue is the publicity of it and how it affects the work in the area. There you go. But here's <clears throat> the thing. You could say, okay, so I work for a company that does outsource sales. And yes, there's competitors. And yes, um, we would rather beat them and be better than them. But we, as professionals, and other companies who are professionals don't go, yeah, those guys are shit. When you do that, people in a business world go, there's something wrong with you that you'd say that about your competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes the competition is shit. Right, but it will show up. You don't have... Yeah. If you know anything about what you're looking for in the marketplace, you don't have to tell me. You never heard Coke talking about Pepsi because... Pepsi right. was the inferior product. Yeah, they, they say matter. we're better. They don't say they suck. Yeah. Right? There's a difference. You can think you're better without having to step somebody down. It's just like, for example, Pepsi, Coke, they're all this shit. Everybody knows RC Cola sucks. You don't have to tell me RC Cola sucks. <laughs> I'm it. smart enough to know that it's, <clears throat> it's piss water. I think what bothers me the most when it comes to the wrestling world is people's quick instinct to jump on like that guy's shit that guy's garbage what are you doing to pull him aside and tell him how he can get better right. or things that he can work on instead of just burying him to everybody else sure um and as i've gotten older like that's been important i mean i work i work with uh, autistic children i work with elderly so no matter what i'm doing i'm always trying to figure out how can you be the best person that you can be and i'm going to help you do that so as i've gotten older that's i mean don't get me wrong when i was younger is that guy's shit he's sure. so bad but okay, well, if he's so bad, have you told him things he can work on? And don't get me wrong, there are people that I've said, like, hey, me, this is just my opinion. And it could just be dog shit, but maybe these are things you could work on. And they just go, okay, yeah, right. And it's like, all right, well, I, I mean. You tried. Then you're shit. Well, and to that point, you may. <laughs> but I'm not going to go out and say, this man is just like, ah. Here's, here's he's not my cup example. of tea, is the way I'll put it. You, here's a great example. And I'll use you. Let's use us. So, Vic, you run a promotion, I run a promotion. We compete, okay? He's uh, shit. Mikey works on both shows. Yeah. Lane's my guy. Yeah. And he might not be great. Okay. 
Well, if you're working and, and now you've got him working, Mikey, because he's on that show with you, wants that show to look good. So he's going to go, hey, man, why don't you think about doing some of this? You guys do this every time you go somewhere. You're giving advice to young people because you want them to be better. You're on that yeah. show, too. Right. Right? So if you're on that seats. show, you by, by, associate, by guilt, by association, you want everybody to be better. I think that's where I think we sometimes that gets lost on some people. I mean, I've even pull, pulled promoters aside to like after I witnessed something that was on and go, if my name's going to be attached to that show, you cannot put that out <laughs> right. any, anymore unless you're dressing it up to make it look like you know you're paint you're painting it with bells and whistles. But if that man, that little boy in a t-shirt, just because he helped set up the ring, you're going to allow him some ring time, I'm not going to have my name on the show. Yep. But it gets worse. <laughs> but it's easier. It's easier to just go and then walk out or leave, not come back and talk shit. But. And and I think the other thing, and this is somewhat human nature, but I think people get so worried about well, if I help that guy, what if he takes my spot? But if you're that worried about your spot getting taken and getting replaced that easily, you're probably not that good. Right. I say you better be working your ass off. Right. It's not about someone taking your spot. It's about you keeping your spot. Exactly. So if you if me giving advice to a young wrestler and I'm worried that he's going to bump me up the show, well, then I'm not that good anyway. <laughs> right. So I fucking probably deserve to get the boot. No, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I truly believe the only way to get ahead in this company is to help the people underneath you because eventually the people underneath you are going to be your peers, and then they're going to be the people who are running the shows. And then right? you hope that they'll use you in some capacity Correct. when they become... Yeah. I was going to exactly touch on that myself because I know full well there's been people I've helped... Um, who have thrown in the car or gotten an opportunity that are now doing bigger things and they're asking me to be a part of them or trying to help me out when it's like maybe I'm, I don't inzo- exactly deserve those things, but they remember that I was there to help them out when they needed it. Right. Right. And overall, I feel like the business is moving away from that place where it was just like, oh, these are new kids and they all are the shits right. and beat the, beat the piss out of them every Ugh, day. That's the worst. Well, was- you know where it's changing. The reason it's changing is a lot of companies are now training training their own people. So they're like, well, shit, we can't kill these people, <laughs> right? Like they used to – I mean, I hated that and, and I was in the business when that was still a thing. I was starting in the business when that was still a thing where it's like, well, just go teach him a lesson. He's got to learn the hard way. Yeah. You know, I, I'm cool with ribbing the rookies a little bit. Go get me a beer, rookie. You know, whatever, right? But God his ass. But come on, man. Like, what are you trying to prove? You know, I saw a kid who we knew who was working his way up almost get his fucking spine kicked out of his throat. That's like, insane. Okay, makes you, you're a real big man. Yeah, taking liberties in the ring is always strange to me. Um, anytime I've had any issues with someone's like, when do you get back? We can talk about it. If it's our problem, we can do it there. But right. I'm not going to take liberties. When you were trained, I know Jimmy's a great guy. Yeah. I'm, he, I'm sure to, and I, he didn't train me. I'm just guessing. Take care of yourself in a ring yep. to, and don't hurt your opponent. Yep. Well, you're First. breaking one of those rules right away when you're trying <laughs> to beat the shit out of a rookie. Yeah. How are you taking care of him then? I mean, you give stiff shots here and there because if they're like settle down, calm right. down, things like that. But there's a difference between that and brutalizing yeah, and, yeah. someone. Oh, no, no, definitely. And to speak on the training... Um, I have a philosophy on that that I think more people need to subscribe to, and that's the, the how much it costs to train and how much you're missing out because people can't afford that training. For instance, I have there's, – there's some people I know who are unbelievable athletes. Like she was just on the um, Chicago Bliss. 
but she has issues with money right now. And it's like, okay, well, that's how much it costs to train. Sorry, we, you wouldn't be able to. Well, why don't we run a scholarship kind of thing where it's like, well, you can pay a reduced price because I know I'm going to make that money back tenfold, bring in the crowd that you have. Plus, you're, when you're in great shape and you're an athlete, if you're picking this stuff up, now you can have your name attached to that person and the company attached to that person. Now, don't get me wrong, this bum that comes on in off the street, how long have you been watching? I've been watching it this long and... You know, he's still out of shape. It's like you didn't. Okay, well, this is how much you're gonna pay. <laughs> this is how much right. it is. Then you know what I mean. I just think there needs to be different tiers because it needs to be a scholarship system to bring in the best talent you possibly can for, and make them try for to earn wrestling. It, right? Yeah, yeah. I think what I like. I'll give you an example around here. Angel Armani again. We talk about him a lot. We've known him for years. If he thinks you're worth the time, he'll say, "All right, you know what? For my camps, bring twenty bucks." Now. Sometimes he won't even take it. He's like, all right, hey, you know what? Here's a trade-off. Why don't you help me set up the ring for my show on Friday? Now you don't have to. Right. But it's it's making somebody in that case, because a lot of the people he's trying to train out, they just don't have that kind of money. Right. And then once you get you earn your way in and you paid some of your dues, then maybe I'll book you for a few shows and I won't pay you because you owe me yet for the training part. But he's not taking he's not taking... He's not doing what old school promoters used to. Give me 1500 bucks, I'll give you five lessons, and then I'll yeah. take you out of my camp. Yeah. And those five lessons will be me beating the shit yeah. out of you. Right. Suplex training. Powerbomb training. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Powerbomb training. And I, I did that I did that with CJ Isle, um, the gentleman in Threat Level Black with me before before he had uh, signed up with Pow years back, he had been saving money to go to Chikara, but he ended up messing up his back and since then never really he'd always been interested in wrestling but never really had the money then um, to get going. And so when I was on hiatus from Pow, I was like, well, why don't we just, like, I started teaching some chain wrestling and then slowly but surely working up to the next thing you know, we're bumping in the front yard. Um, we're buying a little mattress to put in the garage and then do this, do this, do this, do this. That's by the time he did sign up, it was he spent 10 minutes on the outside doing chain wrestling. Um, and then he was already knew how to take hip tosses, body slam, side slam. Like, don't know how to take all these things. So I even still have that now where it's, if you're not able to get to training or like you can't afford training, like, Hit me up and I'll be happy to, because I love wrestling, I'll be happy to work with you on wrestling. I think for the longest time people are so worried about, well, you're giving away secrets for free. Um, but, I mean, we're in a world that is so stripped down of kayfabe yeah, it's... that it's, well, how about I give the best people I can think of? I'm not just walking around like, wrestling lessons 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, I'm going to run a series of questions, ask where they are, ask what they've done, and then going, ah... I don't know if we would really the, be interested in that. The bottom line is, like when I when I started, there was nothing that was going to stop me from wrestling eventually. And and if somebody really wants to do it, they're going to find their way in, right? Somehow, right? And if if they don't, they're going to stop. Yeah. But but to that point, then, and to use you as an example, I think we could use more of you, who's a trained wrestler, teaching somebody a little bit on the side. And teaching them the right way. Otherwise, to your point, somebody's going to go in, do a bunch of stupid shit in the backyard, and still find their way into a ring and probably hurt somebody if they don't hurt themselves, right? But if somebody takes some time because you see some potential in them, and then they're able to polish up when they're able to take that next step. it's uh, Otherwise, like I said, we've all seen it. There's people who... Some of them have been working for eight years who still have no business being in. All right. <laughs> All right. Stop. You stop. Jesus Christ. Fourteen. Years. On, a, on a side note, meet me tomorrow on the corner of Sixth and Holt. <laughs> I will put you in the figure four for $4. <laughs> All right. That's a good deal. I'm going to give Krav Maga lessons, I think. You are, huh? Yeah, lots of groin punching. <laughs> 
We yeah. d- you did throw a name during that entire uh, segment that I also want to harness back to as well. Nick Colucci, one of the nicest men I've ever met in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetheart of a man. Yeah, I've, I've always gotten along with Nick Colucci. What about you, Lynn? I like <laughs> So, interestingly enough, we were talking before the show um, about how... Um, Sometimes we don't get any wrestling topics on here. We got three wrestling topping topics and chicken. So <laughs> I think that was all probably one and of the And a history lesson on how you created the bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the KFC bowl. Famous bowl. Famous, Famous bowl. bowl. Tune in next time when Scott indulges us with the story of how he created the fan belt. <laughs> right. I will tell you the story about how I created the NWO. After oh, please. <laughs> oh God. please. And how I believe that. A certain local promoter saw this thing we were doing on TV and sold our secret. <laughs> oh, Lord. Will you tell us the part about how you got Jeff Briggs into the NWO? Uh, <laughs> no. Jeff Briggs got himself into the NWO along with Ice Pick. Oh, my God. So I'll tell you this quick story because you're probably thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? So when we were running, when I was running wrestling shows, there you, you find out how delusional people really are. Sure. So this guy calls up our hotline and comes down to one of our tapings. And says that he's, says to me, to my face, goes, yeah, my name is, I, what was his name anyway? Uh, D-Love. My name is D-Love and this is my cousin Ice Pick. Like, great. He's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're in the NWO. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we, we aren't going to be, we, the NWO exists, you can't be in the NWO. <laughs> he, says, he says, no, 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 Eric Bischoff called me and he made us members. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to, bro? <laughs> Like, what are you doing right now? Just like the security guard at Food Mart who tried to convince us he was trained at ECW. Oh, man. You know, it's such a good thing that cell phones didn't exist then. He'd be like, no, look, I'm calling Eric Bischoff right now. And you'd be like, is this Eric Bischoff? And all you hear would be, yeah. (laughs) It's it's amazing the delusional. So there's three types of people you're going to meet when you join the wrestling business. You're going to meet people who are going to be your friends for life. You're going to meet some of the biggest pieces of shit you'll ever want to meet. Mm. And you're going to meet some of the most delusional fuckers <laughs> in the entire world. Yeah. And they all kind of run together. But yeah, this guy, was, and he just wouldn't come off of it. I'm like, dude, you aren't in the NWO. Eric Bischoff doesn't know you from Adam. Why are you still trying? So I put him in a training session since he was NWO. For life. And uh, he, Brian ended up <laughs> dropping him on his head. So that was the <laughs> <laughs> he never came back. And it wasn't on purpose. Like, because like, he couldn't walk? No, or just because he had no interest. He couldn't take a bump. No, right. So he ended up getting dropped on his head, and I said, hey, you coming back? He goes, yeah. And then we never saw him. Oh, well, he was the NWO's official hot dog salesman. I don't think you can expect him well, to that's true. That's, well, he probably got busy. He probably sent him to Japan. Because, yeah. you know, are trying to build that brand up, right? So See, I learned how to take care of people when I was training, but my trainer, my primary trainer, didn't have any depth perception. So... <laughs> and remember this, by the way, Jeff Briggs didn't try to tell us he was in NWO. He told us, so this other fella came to one of our camps. And the first camp we tried to teach, not we, because I didn't do, our trainers tried to teach him how to bump. Mm-hmm. Okay? Regular stuff, not over, just some hard, regular bumps, you know, hold on to the rope. Yeah, of back. the usual. Disappears for two weeks, comes back. And start telling everybody that he's starting his own federation because he just graduated from the power plant. 
Apparently, it was an accelerated course. It's the nuclear part. It was, it was the late 90s, so I didn't think they had online courses yet. But apparently... He was the Doogie Howser of the PowerPoint. He, he must have been, because he flew through that fucking training, and he was ready to run his own shows, because oh he God. graduated from the power plant. So... Yeah, That's you, lovely. interesting folks, man. <laughs> Take us home, champ. All right, so first of all, we want to thank you, Mikey Wild, for coming up in this snowstorm. Yes, thank you for having me on. I Very really, exciting. really hope that this airs <laughs> within the next Soon? six weeks. If, like, at, at a certain point, people are just going to start to believe we're bringing them here, recording them, and then just, like, keeping it for <laughs> Like, it's some creepy archive. <laughs> right? I want to listen to Mikey Wild talking to you. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, thanks for coming up. Hopefully we can do this again. We had yeah, fun. that'd be lovely. We can get now, and now see that we I, know see your backstory, more uh, visits than a pirate. You, I think you can, <laughs> and because we've done your backstory, we get more topics next time you. Perfect. So, so. Um, Vic Stegras. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next week, uh, and of course Jack Spade. Next week, if it ever sees the light of day, Mace Morgan will join us. We're gonna catch up with him. See how how life after wrestling is treating him. And uh, for those of you who know or don't know, he's one of the nicest dudes in the world, and looking forward to that. Really? You didn't seem to mention him during our segment. That's odd. Uh, Hey, you know, uh, because I didn't want to to tease. (laughs) Anyway, great guy, and we'll, we'll, we'll share some stories with him. Otherwise, take care, everybody. I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. This is the Ross Family Matters Podcast. All right.